Hey, Legacy Leavers, thank you for joining us on the Awaka My Stilettos podcast, where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their voice so they can create impact, prosperity, and legacy. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but what interests me more is her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. Today's episode is a little different. I was recently interviewed by Monique on the Black to Business podcast, and it focuses on mindset as it relates to business. And I just wanted to share this enlightening conversation with you. So please enjoy. I'm McKinney Smith. In 2009, while going through a divorce, I decided to jump straight into entrepreneurship. In 2012, I lost my sister and asked myself, what legacy do I want to leave behind? Since then, I've become a serial entrepreneur, helping other women publish their books, produce their podcasts, and reach their big goals to walk in their greatness. I realized the importance of sharing our stories of resilience and how it can be another's guide to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. We are blessed to be a blessing. So get ready to be blessed with an inspiring testimony. Um, So today we're going to talk about a big topic that we also get a lot of questions about is mindset. And I know that you're a mindset coach. So I first, before we get into that, um, if you could just explain briefly for those who aren't familiar about what it is that you do in your business and how did you get your start? So as a mindset coach, I was certified through my mentor, Bob Proctor. So for anyone who's watched the documentary, The Secret, he was one of the thought leaders that was featured in The Secret. And it's essentially helping people to turn their goals into accomplishments, helping people to make their dreams a reality. You know, a lot of people look at things in one way or have a, a, a specific perspective on things. But when it comes to mindset, if you even look at the word in itself, you know, your mind is set a certain way. So it's helping people to open up their minds to, you know, the potential and their, well, their infinite potential and the infinite possibilities and perspectives that are out there in order to attain what it is that they're trying to go after. Yes. That is so important because I think it's important in my opinion, in the personal life, but even more uh, for our audience who are those who are interested in starting a business or they are already in the weeds of starting a business. So um, I definitely want to talk about the mindset shifts that you see um, that need to kind of happen when it comes to starting a business in particular. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, th- I think, well, I'll start with myself. When When I started my business, it came from a need for myself. And it originally, when I, when I first started in business as an entrepreneur, I was selling real estate full-time and I was looking at an industry that, you know, I enjoyed real estate. I loved looking at open houses. I love properties. It was something I had an interest in, but it also allowed me the income potential when I became a single mom to still be able to be there for my kids and provide for my family and still um, provide that lifestyle that they were used to. But when I got into personal development, it more became about a need for others and solving a problem. And that's where I've 
had the most amount of success is looking at how can I solve a problem for someone else? How can I help someone else make their dreams come true? How can I serve and be a solution. And that's where my business has been able to thrive. So typically when women come to me for support to help to build their brands, it's looking at what problem are you solving and how unique are you to solving that problem? And how can you use your story to connect with people on a deeper level so that they resonate with you so that they, you know, can build trust in you and feel like, you know, you're, you're a human being too. You understand what I'm going through, but you're going to be able to help me go from A to B. You know, sometimes people start a business and they're using social media to really brag about themselves essentially, but people don't necessarily care about that. They want to know what you can do for them. How can you help them? So being able to look at how, what you do, how you can use that to help another person and positioning, even, you know, what you're sharing online is, you know, the solutions that you can bring to other people. And I found even just during the pandemic, you know, a lot of people were either losing their businesses or their, their jobs, but I've been blessed enough to be one of those people who the pandemic has allowed me to thrive in my business. And it's because I looked deeper into how can I support people even more in this time? How can I provide more solutions to what people are presently dealing with using my area of genius and focused on that? And that's where business grew. So what I hear is like that you're saying that people should focus on how they can serve others and look deep within themselves um, to get over those, I guess, mind, those mental blocks, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every single one of us, including myself, we have we have mental blocks that we deal with um, that we have to push through on a regular basis. You know, no matter what level of success that someone is at, they may still struggle with negative self-talk or imposter syndrome or, you know, any of those things. No one is exempt from that. But at the end of the day, looking at how you can be of service using your strengths, using what you are good at, that will help to build your confidence. That will help to build your, you know, your competence level. And that will help build trust, you know, where other people will see what you're doing and believe in what you're doing. But I found the more that you focus on those things, the days where you feel like I'm not doing the right thing. I don't know if I should be doing this. I don't know if I'm capable of this. I don't know why, you know, people are even believing in me and my business. At least you have those things to look back on and be like, you know, I'm, I'm good at this. I helped this person do this. You have those, those testimonies, those things to remind you of what you were capable of to help build up your confidence. That's so good because yeah, I know people, you know, you have to definitely go back to your why. And like you said, those reminders. So I definitely agree. Um, Another question I have is when you talked about like owning your story and helping people own their story, but what about those people who are not comfortable with putting themselves out there as far as sharing their story? And I know a lot of times I come across people who just want to put out their offer. They don't really want to share the personal story so much. They just want to do the work. So how do you deal with that? So there's, there's two ways to go about that. So one, my honest belief is that our stories may be about us, but they're not only for us. You know, your story could be a blueprint for someone else to get through what they're going through, to inspire them, to keep going. But at the same time, I do understand that 
it takes a level of courage and faith (laughs) to put yourself out there like that, that vulnerability. So you don't have to go as deep or as transparent as I may, you know, do in order to get your story out there. You could be putting your services out there, but it's how you are sharing those services because facts tell stories sell. So you may be sharing, you could share, you know, a testimonial, but tell the story of how that client came to be the story of how you helped that person. Or you may just use something that's relatable to, to your community, your audience that's, that's looking at your services or your products. And it doesn't have to be something, you know, like a, a deep trauma or something like that. It could be, you know, do you remember when you were, you know, a, a young girl, you know, that used to, I don't know, ride her bike or whatever, things that connect people to memories, to feelings. So it doesn't have to be as deep and as transparent. Not, not everyone is comfortable with that. And to be honest, I feel like it takes a certain type of person to be able to put themselves out there like that in this day and age, because social media, people can be cruel and judgmental. And, you know, you've got your social media trolls. And if you are not, if you're not at a healed place, the things that you're putting out there, they can cause more damage. But if you are at a place where you don't care about what other people think about you. That's your truth. And you've already owned that truth. Then you can do that. But for some people, them even owning their story may not even be comfortable to own amongst their own family and friends and community. So I wouldn't expect them to take their most deepest, darkest secrets and put that on the internet, right? It's really about how we can inspire other people using our story, but it doesn't have to be as detailed. Like, for example, there are many people that have followed me for years and they feel deeply connected to me. They feel like they've been there through my relationships, through my kids growing up, through through me evolving in my business. But I've really only put out maybe 5% <laughs> about myself out there. They feel like they know me on a deep level, but there's so much that I keep personal to myself, to my inner circle or to my family that, you know, isn't shared publicly on the internet, but I'm still able to use my story to connect and resonate and to build trust with others. Yes. And McKinney, what do you think it takes in your experience to, or is there a thing that it takes to have a mindset? (laughs) So I feel like even with the term winning, like it's like when someone says that someone is successful, success means something different to everyone out there. And winning can mean something different to everyone out there. But I think that a huge factor is how we see ourselves. So at the end of the day, we have two self images. We have the image of ourselves that we put out there to the world on how we look, how we do our hair, how we walk, how we talk, how we do our makeup, how we, you know, show up on the outside. But then we have that inner self image of how we truly see ourselves. And I find, especially women, because the majority of the people that I coach are women, we are really good at dressing up on the outside, but then we are dealing with you know, brokenness on the inside. And that affects the opportunities that we have the confidence to go after that affects the relationships that we have with not just, you know, our loved ones, but even with business partnerships and 
the, the confidence to pursue certain goals or certain dreams or to go after certain things or expand our business. So it's really focusing on that inner self image, looking at who we truly are. Are we comfortable with that person? And if not, what are you willing to do about it? Like if we are looking to become a better person, like for me, personal development, or I'm going to say entrepreneurship is a personal development journey. And the more that I have evolved as a person, the better I've done in my business. So if I am insecure, if I have, you know, trust issues and all of these doubts and negative self-talk happening, that's going to affect my business. It's going to affect my confidence in my business. I could have a business partner. And if I'm insecure, there may be constant conflict or issues that I may bring up. But if I'm secure, there may be things that don't bother me and I'm open to communicating and having uncomfortable conversations. So it's really looking at who we are on the inside. I think so often people are focused on other people and just, you know, consuming and comparing what they see on the internet or on the media or what have you, but we're not spending enough time looking at ourselves, who we truly are, who we truly want to be. And when you get comfortable with who you are as a person, you're unstoppable in your business because you have the confidence, you have the audacity to go out there and say, you know what, I'm going to go after this opportunity. I'm going to ask this person to be on my podcast. Like you don't think small. You don't, you don't think in that space of lack. You're thinking more in, in a space of abundance when you feel good. Oh my word. That that's just so good. Like I, that audacity, like <laughs> audacity to go after this person and say, I'm going to get them on my podcast like I did with you and just like so many other people. But I, I, I definitely felt that. So that's a deal. Mm-hmm. And some of the, one thing you said that I want to go back to is one of the things you mentioned earlier is social media, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a big thing. And a lot of people struggle, um, and I, myself included, with the comparison online. And a lot of times what I've noticed and what most people do probably know is that numbers are not money. That doesn't mean nope. money. No. Um, so, yeah. So what would you say? to people who are dealing with, you know, they know why they started and they're getting online and they're comparing their business or their personal lives to other people. How do you advise they deal with? First of all, stop. (laughs) First of all. Um, So comparison is the thief of joy. And I think that because of social media, because we are visual people and we are looking at all of these images online, we start to look at, okay, well, what am I not doing? You know, what, what is that person doing differently? Or, you know, that must, that person must be better than I am or whatever it is that people tell themselves, but you have no idea what that person is either feeling on the inside or what that person had to do to get there, the sacrifices that they've had to make. You don't know the adversities that they are pushing through on a daily basis. Like prime example, I have a lot of people that know me personally and have known me for years and they are shocked that since 2021 started that I have been putting out reels on Instagram. I am not, (laughs) I am so not, um, I'm going to say, you know, an extroverted, like type of personality. I am a severe introvert, like say four years ago, I probably would have said no to this podcast, not because I didn't want to be on it, but my own anxiety about just putting myself out there. And it's me coming out of my comfort zone every single day to put 
that content out there, not only because I have to be a product of the product. So if I'm, I'm coaching clients to come out of their comfort zone to attain their goals, I have to look at, okay, what do I need to do or who do I need to be in order to become the person that I want to be? It may not be my comfort zone. Like there's so many things that we see on social media that we don't understand about people. And that's why I love the beauty of podcasts because you get to, you know, it, it removes the highlight reel, but you get to get to know people on a, on a deeper level. So when it comes to the comparison, my thing is, again, because we're visual people and we will look at different um, images or build a story about someone based on a photo that they posted on social media, look at what your core values are. What's important to you? Because that may not be what's important to that other person. So if my core values are knowing that I want peace, I want love, I want a sense of belonging, I want freedom, I want to be able to be of service, I want to make an impact, then when I'm putting my content out there, I'm asking myself those questions about my core values. I'm not looking at someone else's values, maybe how many likes they get on the post or how much, um, I don't know, how many brand deals they can get in a month or whatever their core values are. Those are not mine. So I think that because often we've, I'm going to say as a society, we've become conditioned to look at what other people are doing to consume rather than focusing on creating. And if I were to spend the majority of my time consuming what I see on the internet, I probably wouldn't be putting out as much content (laughs) as I do because I would be focused on, Oh, well, you know, she's uh, got more followers than I do, or she's got more engagement than I do, or she's prettier than I am, or she's like, yeah, no, I'm not trying to do that. I don't have the headspace for that. I am over here trying to create. <laughs> we <laughs> honestly, okay. So God created us to create, we were created in his image. When we are in creation mode, we are contributing, but when we are constantly in consumption mode, we are still, we're not, we're not moving. We're not growing. So it's looking at what you're doing with your time. And like I said, making that list of core values of what's important to you and focusing on that. So anytime you go on the internet and you catch yourself looking at somebody and they're like, you know, this person has a million, I don't know, followers and you're not sure what they had to do to get there. And you're like, you know, I've been working so hard and I can't even get a hundred followers. How about you look at what your core values are? Because they may not be related to a follower count. So focus on that. So good. So good. And one of the things you said, well, a couple of the things you said I want to talk about is that you mentioned like showing up daily. And I think that's so important because it's a, it's, I think people think it's a one-time thing and it's going to be great, but we have to show up every single day as our best selves. And like you said, step outside of our comfort zone. I want to kind of challenge people to step outside of their comfort zone, like every day or every other day, at least. Um, mm-hmm. like you mean, yeah, small steps. And people underestimate consistency. And so here's the thing. Okay. So consistency is key, but I feel like someone will say, okay, well, you know, I post once a week. Okay. So for you, if that's the capacity that you have, you also have to look at people are on social media every day and the algorithms are pushing what they look at most onto their feed. And if you are only posting once a week and that person isn't interacting with you on a regular basis, the algorithms are not even going to show that person your post. 
they they're, they're not seeing it. So in being consistent with social media and putting out content of value, not just throwing content up for the sake of throwing it up, but putting stuff out there that's of value to your audience, your potential customers, to, you know, the world at large, even if you feel like you've gotten less engagement on that one post or two posts or whatever, because you've put stuff out on a continuous basis, it comes back to you, that energy that that you've put out there. Not only will the algorithms favor you, but when people come to your page and see something of value, they're like, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. I'm going to hire them for this, or I'm going to buy their product on this. I can tell you for the last, mm, maybe actually more than five years, because when I started on Instagram, I was posting like four times a day. I was like, okay, this is a lot. I can't do this all on my own. And I reduced it to once a day. And I was consistently putting out content every single day. And I probably, I think January of 2021 was the longest time period that I didn't post on social. And I had taken a month off. I wasn't posting on my actual feed, but I was still posting in my stories. And then I came back in February and I've been posting, I'd say maybe once a day to twice a day at this point, but those posts every single day are leads for me. They are potential clients. There are people that are booking discovery calls. There are people that are paying for my services that are buying my products. So it's not a waste of time, especially if you're putting out something of value, but that consistency. So not only do I post on social every day. And that's not just Instagram, but that includes Facebook and Twitter and sometimes LinkedIn. And then I'm also putting out a podcast every week. And then I'm also putting out a newsletter every week, like that consistency. People, people forget easily. And right now in this time where there's so much distractions out there, people can easily forget about your product or your service. If you're not front, like, you know, front of mind, like it's, I've had people say to me, and I interviewed a woman on my podcast recently where she provides a specific service and because she wasn't posting consistently and she was reading the comments of someone she even knows was referring someone else for a service and she was offended. And I was like, well, maybe they forgot that you do that because they don't regularly see your stuff. Don't take it personal. (laughs) You know, sometimes we forget to own our own, you know, responsibility or contribution to something. It's like, well, what do I need to do differently? And if you don't have the capacity to do that, like, I mean, I'm a single mom of three. So when someone tells me they can't do something because they don't have the time, I get it. Everyone's got different responsibilities, but then delegate that out, delegate that task out, delegate or hire someone to do the things that you don't have the time to do. And then you can focus on the things that you feel are your area of genius so that you feel are your moneymaker activities. And I love, and when you say that, it's like you do all of those things, but like you said, you have a family and it makes me think of this post I came across on Instagram. It was recently, the woman said, your business cannot afford to take a break off social media. And a lot of people were up in arms about it. They were like, oh my God, what if you don't have the mental capacity? And she was saying, I'm not saying you can't personally take a break, but you need to batch that content because people, like you said, they forget. So it's like, maybe you need to sit down for an hour or two hours and just batch content for the the month. But like you said, people will forget. So you have to, you know, plan those posts, schedule those posts or whatever, but, and then take that break what you said about batching content. Like, like I said, I'm a single mother of three. I have had many times where I physically, because of health challenges, 
was not able to leave my bed. But what I do is I batch content. So whether it be podcasts where I will record five podcasts in one week, there where I've got five weeks of content, or if it's my reels, I will do on like a Saturday or a Sunday, I will record seven reels in one day and there's seven days of reels for the week. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's batching to make sure that I can take that time to dedicate to my family because my family is priority to me. My family is priority over the business, but all I need the business in order to take care of my family. So I don't want my family to feel like I am sacrificing them for what I'm doing. So I make sure that when it comes to time management, I still have my time dedicated for my family, for my kids And then I still have my time dedicated where if I'm batching content, I know that it's scheduled and being put out there. So I don't have to worry. And McKinney, how does that make you feel? Because I can like feel the energy. Like, how does that make you feel to be able to do that? (laughs) I feel feel energy. (laughs) I mean, it feels amazing. And I mean, I think before I even learned to do that, I used to be stressed out where I would be like, what am I going to post on Instagram today? I didn't have a strategy. It was, you know, figuring out the day of and then sitting, trying to write, you know, these long captions and investing way too much time into things that didn't have to be that way. So now that I have set up my life in such a way where I feel like I've got a form of balance, not only for my self-care, for my family, for my business, but I've also done so with my time management for how I do things like with me, everything is scheduled. My, my calendar is time blocked for everything. That means my tasks throughout the day. That means my stretching, my meditating, my walk outside, like everything is scheduled. Therefore I feel like I I'm not being pulled in one direction more than I need to be. You know, I used to be that hustle hard mentality until my body paid the price and the burnout was real. So I wasn't able to get out of my bed for weeks at a time. I don't want that to happen again. So I make sure that balance is a a priority to me. And there's, I mean, balance can mean different things to to everyone, but for me, I've made sure that I have designated time on my schedule each day for myself, for self-care. And that's divided, you know, in mind, body, and soul, and then dedicated time with my kids, dedicated time for my clients dedicated time. Like I have Mondays and Fridays. I don't take on clients because that's what I'm doing computer work. Like I don't need to be interrupted with different, you know, other people pulling me with their problems. But I know that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, those are client days and I'm booked for 12 hours dealing with client work. And that's so true because one of the things you also mentioned before is that we have to be creating. And I know for people rather than consuming. So I know for people who are listening, they're either a business owner or you're thinking about being a business owner. And what's important that you mentioned is that we are the ones, we got this vision to create this business and we are the ones responsible for creating Mm -hmm. and those things that people consume. So there is a purpose in what you're doing and you cannot be wasting time consuming. Absolutely. I feel like there's a lot of people who are stuck in this place of overthinking till they consume, but they don't take any action. Like I I call them motivational junkies where they, (laughs) they will, you know, watch every motivational video. They will listen to every motivational podcast. They will read every book. They will attend every conference, but none of that is reflective in their life because they haven't taken anything that they've learned and put it into action. 
and the results come from taking action. So whether you try something and it fails or whether you try something and you get one step ahead of where you are now, it's the action in where you're going to see the results. So when people are spending their entire day consuming and not taking the time to create, to learn from trial and error, to learn, to apply what they've been consuming, then they're going to be in the same place they were, I don't know, a year ago, five years ago. And I'm not trying to be, I'm not even trying to be where I was yesterday. (laughs) Right. We got to move every day, every day, every day. And how important, another thing I want to talk about is those that you surround yourself with for your mindset. Um, how important do you think that is for people? (laughs) That is majorly important. So I've had a lot of women that will come to me, um, and say this on their discovery calls, you know, as they've started to evolve or do things, you know, either their family and their friends will either say, Oh, you think you're too good now, or, you know, they can't relate or, you know, the conversation changes and, who you surround yourself. There's a, there's this old saying that, you know, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time around. But the reason for that is like one energy is transferable. So if you hang around five negative broke people, you'll eventually be a part of that. Right. If you are, and there's also, there was a study on psychology. So let's say you asked a group of people, um, do you remember there was that dress that was going around the internet and people were asking if the dress was white or blue or something. I, don't know. <laughs> I, do I was like, what's this silly thing? <laughs> right. So although it made no sense, it was actually like um, a psychological experiment because if you were in a room with five people and one person sees that dress is blue, but four people are like, no, that dress is white. That person who honestly believes on the inside that that dress is blue will start to agree with the people who say that it's white because as people as humans, we want to fit in and have that sense of community, right? So unfortunately, we start to think like the people that we are surrounded by. So I have been very, I'm going to say very strict about it. And I have people who may take offense and I don't care. (laughs) But but if someone is negative, if someone, all they post online is like drama and, you know, negative things that make me feel bad, I unfollow you. I don't care. You could be my sister, my brother, my granny, my mother. I don't care. I'm unfollowing you. If someone is a lot of energy and you may have once upon a time been okay with being around them and you're just like, you know, that's just how they are. Once you start to realize how that affects your spirit, how that affects your energy and your way of thinking, you start to set a boundary where you want to limit that person's access to you. I have, again, I don't care if you're a family, friend, client, if you are negative and you are an energy vampire and I feel like I am exhausted after being around you or having a conversation with you, I slowly start to back away. Because if I've had a conversation with you about it and you are not changing and you have been complaining about the same thing for the past 10 years, then I'm going to limit your access to me. I may not even answer your phone calls. My phone stay on. Do not disturb. (laughs) (laughs) Love that one. I can love you from afar, but I cannot let you destroy my spirit and my energy. So who we surround ourselves with is super, super important. So I start, I started 
when I got into personal development, I started seeking out people through social media to make new connections. You know, I know Drake has that song, no new friends, but sometimes those old friends cannot get you any further than you are right now. So if you are trying to serve on a larger scale and make a greater impact or, you know, make more money or whatever your agenda is connecting with people who are in the space that you want to be in. So I learned to use social media to make connections with people. You take those connections offline, you know, you engage with them in their comments, you know, sometimes in their DMS and whether you take that conversation off to a phone call or a coffee date or a dinner or what have you. And then you build a bond from there. But I used that as a tool to connect with people who were on the vibration that I wanted to resonate on. I use that as a tool to connect with people who were in the businesses that I wanted to be in. And you learn from them just through casual conversation. You know, they can end up becoming your mentors or, you know, your sponsors or what have you, but intentionally going out there and connecting with the people that you want to be around. And I'm someone who strongly believes in going where I'm celebrated, not tolerated. So there is a lot of environments that, I, you know, would attend a networking event and just not feel comfortable. I would, you know, they didn't feel inviting. And I learned to, how do I say this? Cause I'm here in Toronto, Canada. And there was a lot of environments in the beginning when I first published my first book that I felt like they were like, well, who is this girl? We don't want her here. We don't know you. And made me feel uncomfortable. And what I started doing is I started building connections outside of Canada. And that's when my business started to blow up because I started, you know, doing speaking opportunities in the States and coaching in the States and going, doing book signings in Africa and, you know, building, having podcast guests who are from Australia. And I looked to people that I wanted to be around and that made me feel good so that we could celebrate each other so that we could lift each other up rather than the people who had that negative energy, negative vibration that were pulling me down like a anchor on my ankle. Mm, that's ooh. I think so McKinney, what I get from you is that you have that personality that's just like, uh uh-uh. uh, if it's not serving me, giving it up because I choose me. And that is amazing. And I'm kind of the same, but I know mm-hmm. people who are just like I don't know how to, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but I, it's just eating them alive and they don't, they will answer the phone call and listen to the toxic conversation. So how do you advise people kind of like segue into that space? Of saying like, <laughs> lonely back so, in a- Here's the thing. Majority of my clients start out that way because we have a hard time setting boundaries when we have had childhood traumas that we haven't addressed because they have taught us that our feelings don't matter. They have taught us not to put ourselves first. So whether that was because of a parent or caregiver or surroundings that you grew up in where you were either told, you know, someone else's feelings mattered more or first or what have you. A lot of us grew up believing that we didn't have a choice in certain things. And when you learn that a lot of the things that we do now are actually trauma responses, you know, that putting yourself in a position where you are extremely uncomfortable to make someone else feel better when that person doesn't care about how you feel, that's not good. That's not healthy. So teaching my clients how to evaluate a situation. So for example, I had a client who she made great money, didn't have any children, and she kept giving her money away to people in her family, people who didn't want to work. She was financially supporting her sister and her son. And she didn't have a child. And one day I said to her, can you afford to keep doing that? 
mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually. And when she thought about it, she's like, no. I said, okay, so the next time you are asked to do something that makes you uncomfortable or something you don't want to do, ask yourself, who am I hurting and who am I helping? Because oftentimes, because we weren't taught to put ourselves first, we sacrifice our own happiness to make someone else happy that may either be ungrateful about it, not appreciate it, not even realize it. So so who am I helping and who am I hurting? And can you afford to do that? Like I, I love, and here's the thing when I love, I love hard and I love my family. I love my friends. I love my kids. I love my business, but there are some people where I have to ask myself when I answer their phone call, I are, I could tell you before I pick up the phone, it's going to be a negative conversation. It's going to be a complaint. It's going to be a criticism. It's going to be, um, you know, something negative. And I have to ask myself in that moment when the phone is ringing, can I afford to answer this phone call right now? Because it's going to shift my energy. It's going to shift my mindset. It's going to shift my mood. And if I'm in the middle of a work task or doing something with my kids or something I enjoy, no, I can't afford to take this phone call right now. (laughs) (laughs) You burst that. And I know people who, you know, thankfully my family has been very supportive and I don't, you know, necessarily go through that. But um, one thing I think is that they're very understanding about, you know, setting and I set those boundaries like you have and um, they're very supportive. But I do know people, especially when it comes to the monetary giving and things like that, who deal with that. I have a close friend dealing with that. That's what I'm like. Mm. And um, mm-hmm. just trying to figure out how to get out of that. So I'm so glad I, I think I asked that for them, too. Um, that you given advice on how to deal with that. So yes, I know a lot of people deal with that. Um, And which leads me to my next question uh, for particularly black people. uh, We deal with things as far as being black in America, being black wherever we are, but also the fact that we're black entrepreneurs. So we also have to manage our mindset there. What are some things that you find that us as black entrepreneurs deal with or do to our own detriment? The patterns. I think there's a lot of patterns that we do. And, and here's the thing. And, and I'm going to bring up the, the, the word trauma again, because we deal with a lot of trauma, but we haven't accepted it as trauma. So therefore we don't realize that the things that we're doing are trauma responses. So culturally there may be things that be, that we may see as normal, but it's not normal. It's actually traumatic. And there's, I believe there's like seven different levels um, of, of trauma. And one of them is culturally. And there's a lot of cultures that have practices that may be seen as a norm within the culture, but naturally and psychologically, it's actually traumatic. So I think as black people, because we have had so much trauma, we deal with so much I'm going to say so much isms in a day, <laughs> um, you know, racism and like everything because we're on def- like defense. We don't realize that how we interact with people is a trauma response. And I think once we learn to accept those things and we can actually put things in place so that even our interactions with people can be less stressful, I think for myself personally, some things that I have learned that I've had to do. And, and even when we just talked about boundaries is, you know, for example, someone will say to me, 
I don't know, I'm looking for a black owned business that can provide the cheapest, whatever. Automatically we're, yes, we are looking to support our own, but then that automatic thought of that it needs to be the cheapest is because we don't value and we've been taught not to value our own. So removing even just the end part of that sentence. Okay. Well, I'm looking for the best person for the job to do this rather than automatically saying the cheapest or whatever. Like there's been so many things that we do that we've been programmed to do that we don't realize. And if we look at our own behavior and we start to address our behavior, then we can change things. And I think often we're looking to go out here and change the world, but we're not realizing that the only people we can actually change is ourselves. So if I am focused on being a better person, being a better woman, being a better black woman, then my interactions out here in the world will be different. When I walk into a room and I can tell you this happens 90% of the time, especially in the business that I'm in, when you're dealing with premium mindset coaching is I am probably most times the only black woman in that room. I can be in a room of 200 plus people and knowing that they already have their isms in their head or how they're looking at me or how they're viewing me and their perspective of me. When I show up in that room, I'm breaking a lot of those stereotypes because I'm not coming in there on full defense in trauma response mode. I'm coming in that room because I deserve to be in that room because I earned my space in that room just as much as anybody else because I'm just as smart as anyone else in that room, because I have worked just as hard as anyone else in that room. So when they are interacting with me and they realize that I am just as smart, I'm just as educated, I'm, I have just as much money in the bank or whatever it is that their perception is of me, they don't have a choice but to deal with me different. And if they still choose to be ignorant, then that's where my boundaries come into place and I choose not to interact. Because not everyone is for you, but when you are being your honest and true, authentic self, you attract more people who are like you, and then you repel those people who are not. Not everyone is supposed to like you. Not everyone is going to like what you have to say. Not everyone is going to like what you do for a living. Not everyone is going to like how you look. That is okay. They're not supposed to. I love it. it. Like I keep, it keeps coming up like the audacity and it's like the greatness and you have to respect it. You really have to respect it. And I think what you're doing is so great because even as um, Black to Business is coming out with a course soon. And one of the things that I am implementing in the course, and I think that most people don't talk about is the importance of that mindset. And that's the first chapter is the mindset. And mm -hmm. We don't have, I feel like, enough people that are focused on that. So that's why I wanted you on the show, because what you're doing is so necessary. And it's something that a lot of people as entrepreneurs, we ignore working on our mindset. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I was um, a couple years ago when I first got into personal development, I was in a black business group on Facebook and I started to see a common trend of people who were I'm going to say bashing the personal development world and saying, what does that have to do with their business? And that made me understand that they didn't understand their business. Because like I said earlier, entrepreneurship is a personal development journey. So if you have a unhealthy mindset, how do you think that's going to show up in your business? You know, if you have a mindset, like 
and I'm not knocking anyone because I grew up in government housing. I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. But if you have a ghetto mindset and you bring that into your business, you interact with your potential clients and people from that space and you start cussing people out or going off on rants on social media about people who you interacted with throughout your business. How do you think that reflects on your business? How do you think, you know, no one's going to want to refer your business. Your business is not going to grow. So there's so many things that we don't look at when it comes to mindset, how important that is in our business. Yeah. And, and what you say is so important because it's like, you know, I grew up in a similar situation and it's about wanting more. It's about, you know, working every day. I find that, you know, speaking on mindset and in therapy and things like that, that I'm dealing with those things in the past. And it's a daily work. It's like, mm-hmm. I want to do better. I want to work on myself. Um, I was telling my therapist, I was like, the fact that I'm even focused on myself, I, I just love it. Like I'm putting mm-hmm. myself first to work on my mindset and myself. So I think that shows up in my business a lot. So I, lo- I love, I love that you even spoke to the therapy piece because I feel like in the black community mm-hmm. and I know, like, I know it may be a little bit different in the U S than it is here in Canada, but majority of the, the black community in Canada is either Caribbean background or African. And majority of us are now first generation Canadians. So the mindset about, you know, speaking about therapy, was a big no-no. And this is also something that I've been very open about on my podcast and, and loving when women share that they are embracing therapy because it was looked at like such a negative thing or such a, a stigma. And it's like, no, it's like getting an oil change for your car. It's going in to make sure that things <laughs> things stay in working order. It doesn't mean that there is anything wrong. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You're getting tools and coping mechanisms and things to make things run smoother. So I, I love that you spoke to that. Yeah. 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 You're right. It's like, a, I got to keep working. I have to be sane and do my best so, and to show up. And it's like, it's like a, a necessary, I recently started, but it's like, a, now I feel like it's a necessary expense. Like it's like a bill mm-hmm. um, that I want to make sure I pay. So, Absolutely. Yes. And Mikina, I want to talk about um, mindset and goal setting. One of the things I, I actually read a book called um, Outliers and thing, and it's really good because it talks about how people's environments set them up for certain situations. But it also talks about how being smart and um, just working hard is not enough. And I want to ask you about like why having passion and hunger isn't enough. So, yeah, working hard is not um, it's not enough. And like I said, I used to subscribe to that, the hustle culture and realized that I needed to work smarter and not harder because especially as an entrepreneur, you will burn the heck out, you know, being passionate about something, you need that in your why, but it's not enough because if you don't have grit and perseverance and resilience, then you can be passionate all you want. Like, you know what I mean? You're going to, you're going to quit when things get hard. You're not going to be able to look for solutions. You're going to say, okay, you know, this wasn't meant to be, I'm done. I quit. So passion in itself isn't enough, but you need that as well. And there are a lot of people who are passionate, but the person with the grit and resilience and perseverance will outwork you and, and outlast you any day because your passion itself is not enough. That's, 
That's real. And one of the things you're doing, and that's so wonderful because you've given such value, is um, I want to talk about your programs that you offer, particularly the Walk in Your Greatness program. Tell me about that and how did you, why did you? Okay, so... So like I said before, I used to sell real estate full time and then I got into personal development and part of my journey, I'll say the struggles that I was going through, I was going through a divorce. I was going through, you know, becoming a single mom and jumping headfirst into entrepreneurship. And I had a friend of mine that forced me to watch the documentary, The Secret. And I wasn't really interested at the time, but, you know, I I created the vision board after that, totally forgot all about it. And then a couple years later, I'm in real estate, I'm selling real estate and a complete stranger reached out to me from the internet. And he said he followed me on Twitter and he loved the positivity that I was putting out there and had an opportunity for me to meet Bob Proctor. And I thought, okay, I was looking at this man's course and his, you know, weekend boot camps are $12,000, but you're telling me I can go and meet him and speak to him for free. Yeah. This must be a joke. Long story short, (laughs) I ended up going and I was in a room of about 30 other people. And I not only had the chance to meet Bob Proctor and hear him speak, but I stayed connected with his wife, Linda and his daughter, Colleen, and they mentored me for a year. And that changed my life. It changed my perspective on life, my perspective on the potential that I had and the level of impact that I could make in the world. And after seeing my own results, I was like, wow, everybody needs to know this. So one of the services that I offer is the mindset coaching. And my uh, current program is called Walking in Your Greatness because it's really helping you to go after whatever it is that you want to go after. But it's broken down using Bob Proctor systems. It's broken down into 12 sessions. So we do focus on goal setting, but not just your average goals because majority of people are setting goals that are sideways and they're not allowing them to grow, but being able to set and attain goals like a high achiever, focusing on our awareness. You know, there's a huge gap between what we know and what we actually do and breaking down how you can change that, you know, getting into your productivity, your efficiency, how you do things, how you view yourself, your thought patterns, gaining control over your thoughts, you know, being able to make the most out of your intuition, your memory, your perception, all of those things, you know, working on overcoming your fear. So there's, you know, we work on different habits for each session And it's a mix of both personal and business development, but we are focusing on what's most important to you in those sessions. So it's helping you to walk in your greatness. Love it. And now are those sessions for those who are listening, um, how can they, you know, how would people, if they're entrepreneur, they're looking to work with you because this has been amazing and I wish we could go longer. Um, (laughs) What would that look like? <laughs> so, um, if someone is interested in any of my products or services, you can go on my website, awakamystilettos.com, and under the work with me tab, the um, there's the different services that I offer. Anything from helping you to publish your book on major distribution platforms to um, starting and launching your own podcast, and then the walking in your greatness sessions, you can. From the website, book a complimentary discovery call where we look at what it is that you are looking to do. 
And then they have the option if they want to just pay directly on the site or if they need to set up a payment plan. Um, but my goal is really to just make sure that people are able to tap into their full potential because most people are only living at 10% of their potential. And there is so much that we can do that we don't actually take the action to do. And I'm all about that action. Yes, all about that action. <laughs> and I think being that you're a mindset coach and you focus on helping those with their mindset, um, thinking about when you were first starting, what's something or some advice that you would give someone who's just starting or something that you wish you would have known then that you now know in this journey? Uh, don't listen to other people's opinions. Um, that would be one of the number one things because if I did that I wouldn't be here now I think that uh, one thing that my mentor Bob Proctor likes to say is why do you care what people think because if you listen to what they say and you look at what they do they will tell you and show you that they are not thinking so um, I think oftentimes we will share our dream or our vision with the wrong people will share it with someone who doesn't have the awareness in that moment to see it for themselves. So they will doubt that it's possible for you to do it. And not until you actually do it and you show them through your own action, will they be able to believe it? Because people can't believe what they, they can't see. That's why representation matters. You know, being a black person, especially for me in sometimes mostly white spaces is important for other black people to see that as possible. And for the non-black people to see what's possible. So listening to the opinions of other people, I think can easily kill our dream or the vision that we have. So not listening to someone else's opinion, unless that person is either in a place that you want to switch places with, or if that person is in a place of expertise to speak on that topic, or unless that person is in the ring with you fighting, because I think everyone else outside of that doesn't have the right to speak on the vision that God gave you. Yes. And can you share any tools that have been um, your favorite business tools in your journey uh, that you would recommend to our favorite business tool? Google Calendar and Canva. <laughs> yes. <laughs> top, top. Those are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I'm big on time management and everything is in my calendar, everything. Um, even like all my appointments, I send calendar invites, you know, all of that. And then Canva, the paid version, you know, I, I was able to fire my graphic designer and, <laughs> and live my best life. So I've been, I've been using Canva for a couple of years now. I actually had a client ask me this morning. She's like, you know, I've been following you for years. And I always wondered like, you know, how do you do all your, your branding and your graphics? And I use Canva, but I was wondering what you use. I'm like, Canva girl. <laughs> <laughs> you become an expert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I hope you all enjoyed this episode and until next time to all of you legacy leavers out there, don't forget to subscribe on all platforms and leave us a review on Apple podcast. If you have yet to join the community of legacy leavers and sign up for our email list, please head over to walkinmystilettos.com where you can receive a free copy of the Awaka My Stilettos Gratitude Journal. You can also grab any of my other personal development books available online everywhere. 
And if you can think of one person that would receive value from today's show, please share it with them. Feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag us on Instagram. You can tag myself at the real McKinney Smith and you can tag at black to business. Continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling. <laughs>